You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. This dude about crypto and NFTs back in the day. He's like, oh, you got to fly. This is stupid stuff. But look at him now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he tweets fast. He talks fast. He does not text back fast. It is Brian Fonzo. <laughs> well, 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 well played. Well played. Well played. All right, I'm out. Fonzo. I'm going to relocate real quick. Uh-oh. There we go. All right. All right, thanks, uh, uh, Trevor, I appreciate that. So, you know, the, the date was November 2nd, 2021, which for me is kind of cool that we can say it was about a year ago, almost to the date, and we were at NFT NYC, and we were there uh, watching the People documentary and the interview people did with Gary Vaynerchuk, and I was blown away at not only people's commitment to his art, but the idea of creating kind of a mosaic that captures all of his body of work in a really creative way. And of course, we know the story of what people sold uh, his everyday's collection for. And as I was sitting in the audience, one of the things that dawned on me about this space, about NFTs in general, was you know, we are on the bleeding edge, and we are doing something that, that will be looked back on over the years as something that has changed the course of our lives, changed the course of so many different industries and people that are, are able to leverage the blockchain and include NFTs in that conversation. But one of the things that I've always worried about was really the financial obligation that this space has required. And then of course the lack of content or at least consistent content. And so on November 2nd, we decided to come up with the idea, let's do a daily podcast. Don't recommend that for anyone. Uh, season one comes to an end uh, in nine days and we have done it every single day since November 11th last year. But we also threw it in there and said, well, how can we remove that financial component and ultimately capture a time capsule of this space? So on November 11th, I minted an ENS domain uh, as the first uh, NFT in our collection. And since that day, I've minted an NFT every single day. And not only minted an NFT where I'm doing it in the mint phase, but it has to be in the mint phase pre-reveal. So we have done some one-on-one art as well, but we've done it across 28 plus blockchain marketplaces. Most people are like, I didn't know there was 28 of those. Uh, I'd probably not recommend 24 of those. <laughs> uh, I can't even find my NFTs on a couple of them, because like, by the time I got my crypto there and I got some random wallet and then I bought the NFT, they, there wasn't a marketplace for me to find it, so then I had to find some like art generator to turn the token into something that I could visualize. But it's been a hell of a journey. Uh, when I thought about the idea of a daily podcast and buying an NFT every day, Without hesitation, I thought creating a podcast was going to be a hell of a lot more work. Because I've done eight years of podcasts, and one of the things that anyone that knows about my other podcasts, which don't worry, none of you heard any of them. Uh, I know because I've seen the download numbers. Uh, but the, one of the things about that, you know, the podcast piece that I always loved 
was that I love that I could create content, but consistency is not my strong suit. I diagnosed ADHD about 10 years ago, and for 40 years of my life, I convinced myself that I'm not, consistency is not my wheelhouse. So much so, episode one of every podcast I've created, somewhere in the episode I say, here's the deal. I'm gonna do it weekly, we're gonna drop it on Tuesday, but I can't tell you what time on Tuesday because I have no idea. I'm kind of a last minute guy. I oftentimes record on the same day that we are launching. Um, today's episode will be recorded after this session. Uh, legit, we're gonna record today's episode a little bit later today. And so one of the things for me that consistency was such a struggle. And so the idea of a daily podcast, I was overwhelmed by. But what's been interesting, hands down, the more complex of these projects has been buying an NFT every single day. Because not only am I buying one, but I've held on to every single one of those NFTs. They've never been listed. They've never, well, a couple of them were transferred out of my wallet when my wallet was compromised, but thankfully we were able to transfer, the, transfer them back. But they haven't been listed. So all 365 will actually be sold or auctioned off as one collection on November 11th of this year, so just next Friday. And the, the beauty of it has been I've been able to you know, spend a lot of hours researching utility, researching mint experiences, not really researching discords after fact, because once I buy the NFT, I'm gonna figure out what I'm buying the next day. But one of the beauties of it has been how the market has changed. And I wanted to share just a couple of things that has really changed since this time last year, right? This time last year, one could argue, if you sneezed out an NFT project, it pretty much sold out, right? And we were willing to spend gas. We didn't really, really care what blockchain it was on for the most part. We were willing to just go buy it, assume that we could trust you to deliver on the promises, even though we don't know you, never heard of you. Most of you have never had a business before. Most of you have never created content before or the word community other than the Discord that was created. And so for me, one of the things that was early on I, I learned was how the hell am I gonna predict which NFTs are still gonna be of value a year later? And some of you might be here because you're hoping I give you that answer, and I have no freaking clue. The truth is that a lot of this is kind of figuring out where the market is, where the momentum is, and then ultimately, what are the things that we can trust? And so my full-time job is a keynote speaker. I get to travel around the world speaking. And one of the things that's beautiful about this job is that really, no matter what technology I talk about, I can talk about artificial intelligence, I can talk about live streaming with Periscope and Meerkat and Blab and, and the good old days that we had back then, Almost every single thing that I've done in my career came down to one concept. How do we build trust online? And ultimately, it's not even online, right? How do we build trust as businesses? So no matter what your NFT project is, no matter what your line of business is, we are all in the same business of building trust. And one could argue, in the last 10 years, we've used digital to distance ourselves from our customers. And in a way, it's actually become more complex and more difficult for us to build trust with those customers. And it's ultimately what inspired or inspired Web3 as a whole. If you think about it, Web3 is allowing us to get closer to that customer, right? How do we empower our super fans? How do we turn a customer into a fan, a fan into an influencer, an influencer into our greatest marketing tool that we can provide? And so I get to work with brands, I get to work with thought leaders, I get to work with artists on what that all looks like. But I will tell you, how do you measure that when you're researching something that hasn't even existed yet? And a couple of things that I've learned, and early on I would say, you have to find, you have to trust the founders, you have to know that they're good people. Well, one of the lessons that we've kind of learned here is that even good people will rug you. Even good people will get overwhelmed by the pressure that we as NFT owners give them because we are the most impatient human beings on the face of the earth. Like, 
Every single person in here is like, wait, you said you're gonna do a Netflix special in 30 days. Somehow we believed you. We know that's not possible, but because you haven't delivered on it, we're gonna make sure that we remind you every, every day after that 30 days to deliver on this promise that we knew was impossible, yet we still want it to be delivered. And so one of the things that I started to kind of figure out was how do I change the conversation from utility and community and founders to what are the promises that projects are making that they're actually delivering on? And so in a way, rather than me going and starting with researching the founder, I actually started to figure out which utility do people give a shit about, especially in a bull, in a, in a bear market that we are in, right? Because there are a lot of great projects that have a lot of great utility that none of us, because at the time, especially if they dropped, let's say January, February, March of this year, we wanted to know how quickly they were gonna give us 10X or 100X, right? Or how many Discord you know, things are they gonna give away? Or what is the airdrop? Or what is the next you know, coin that they're gonna kind of build on top of? And one of the things that I found with that is the more complexity that projects are coming to market with, the less I can trust them to deliver on anything. And the truth is the keep it simple, stupid model still works in Web3. And so over the last, I'd say 90 days, one of the things that I've doubled down on researching NFTs now for this project and you know, buying them every day was it was less about can I trust the founder and more about can I trust that the utility is of value today and will it be valuable in the future? Because a lot of projects, the reason that they've disappeared in the last four months is because they were not built for the future. And in a way, they were just built for this market that was about overturning things and changing your profile photo and how can I you know, brag about things afterwards? But I will give you this challenge. Think about your favorite NFT that you hold right now. When someone asks you why it's your favorite, I love to know those answers. Because when you answer why it's your favorite NFT, more often than not, you're explaining the promises and the things that it's either provided you, given you access to, or unlocked for you. Most of us are not saying that, oh, this is NFT, and it's my favorite one because I knew that I was gonna be able to flip it for you know, 10X or 100X, and I am not here to shame the flip shaming side of the house. I am a flipper in my own personal wallet side of the house. I'm very open to, you know, I believe we are, you know, many of us are in a dot .com, not a dot .org, we're here to make money, and so the money thing can't be something that we, we dismiss. But when it comes to money, what do we value, right? And I will tell you, there are a lot of great projects right now that have very low floors, that have utility, that we will value for the next 10 years, that'll be projects that we will regret not buying today. Many of them are also happen to be run or managed or founded by minorities and females. And that is without question something that I have learned in this, in this whole case is not only as a girl dad and very proud girl dad, but understanding like what are the promises, what are the communication methods, and how honest are they willing to be with us on this journey? And the truth is, right now, most female leaders have done that better than every male-led project in the industry. Because they understand, Woo. right, there you go. And part of that comes down to trust, right? How do we build trust? Trust isn't built by telling me what I want to hear. Trust is built by actually giving us access to understand where are you on the journey? What are the things you are going through? What are those pain points? And so I will tell you, you know, the, one of the other lessons I've learned is that how good is a project at giving you access to their dirty laundry? And it sounds kind of crazy, but like, I actually love projects that have a lot of trouble early on or even pre-mint. They've had to deal with an artist dropping out or it was discovered that one of their co-founders had some bad, you know, bad things in their background. The reason I like that is because 
If you can understand how well a project is at adapting to change and dealing with controversy and unpredicted you know, you know, circumstances, it's gonna tell you a lot about the future. Because the truth is, it's not about when a project runs into a bad thing, or not about you know, if a project runs into something bad, it's when, right? And that's coming from, I worked a decade in cybersecurity for the Department of Defense. We always told every single military you know, branch that we worked with, I've been to 76 countries, Part of my spiel to ranking officers at every military base was, when you get hacked, these are our protocol. And they would say, no, we are the smartest, we're Marines, we're not getting hacked. And then I'd go to the next one, and they're like, no, we're Army, we're not getting hacked. And the, the interesting part about that was, then they would bring us back six months from that, and say, so, um, you know that guy that we had working for us? Well, he took that sticky note of his password, and it was in his car, his car got broken into, they now own our entire network, right? And it was like, it's not about if, it's about when. And so projects that are willing to be transparent, be open at communicating, and willing to roll with the punches are the projects I found are actually the best over this entire year. The last thing I will say is that the projects that have they've involved, one of the other things that I fell in love with, and it's, it's kind of a weird thing to say or admit because I was on the stage at NFT NYC, uh, you know, in the summer I was also there you know, a year ago, and if you would have told me that I would get on the stage today and say, hey, I'm an NFT artist that has sold out collections 10 weeks in a row, I would tell you you're crazy. Because I consider myself artistically challenged. Anyone else artistically challenged? Yeah, I can't sing, I can't dance. My daughter's put our, board, our birdhouse that we all painted. Four birdhouses, we painted three are in our living room. One is on the back porch, you can guess where mine is. My daughter's like, yeah, dad, it's not gonna sit in our, our living room, it's gonna be a little rough. But I will tell you the thing that I've discovered was AI art and recently not only finding my ability to tell stories there, but what it's actually unlocked is that so many artists believe in what they're doing, they've been doing it without being rewarded, without getting, you know, let's just say the, the residual on the back end. So many of them are great at what I messaged about earlier, right? Great at, great at believing and trusting, right? They're gonna show up. They are who they say they are. And so more so than anything else, the last 60 days, I've actually minted more one-of-one -one artists than I did probably in the first nine months. And part of that is that idea of how do we trust the people that are behind the canvas, the people that are, are, are delivering, it's about letting us in. And so the last thing I'll just say as we kind of wrap this together is that, first of all, don't ever agree to do a daily podcast. That's, that's, <laughs> this, the second part is, you know, buying an NFT every day, the, the caveat I put on there was that it had to be in the mid-phase pre-reveal. That was a pretty big restraint that I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But I didn't want it to be biased. I didn't want to go in and buy blue chips. I didn't want to go in, buy a project after it already started to moon. I didn't want to go in and say, oh, who were the people that bought it? Oh, all these influencers bought it, now I'll buy it. Well, actually, I probably done the opposite, right? All these influencers buy it, I'm gonna not buy it. Because we know it's not gonna last till November. But I say that because the other part of this that I think a lesson that I've learned is that there are so many great people building great projects that need us to spend the time going to find out what they're about, what are their utility. Most of their floors are .00 something. And in that sense, you can pick up a lot of great art, a lot of great community, and a lot of great access to people that are building for the future that I believe will be the projects that I'm most excited about. So when we look at the future, when we look at this space, it's a lot of great things are to come, but there's a lot of great people that need our help for us to kind of take it next level. And that ultimately goes to why I'm wearing this shirt. It's kind of like works as a public service announcement. It just simply stands for do your own damn research. 
And I don't think we have we talk about that enough, especially here. It might have been talked about a year ago. But doing your own damn research means know what success looks like for you, understand your time commitment and how much you actually want to commit to that project or that utility or that value. And then last but not least, start to define the goals that you have within the project. I tell people all the time, like, why did that project suck? They tell me all the reasons. And I ask them, what did success look like when you bought that NFT? What did you picture that NFT giving you? And they were like, I don't know. I just bought it. It was trending on IC tools. I said, oh, screw it. I'll buy it. And so the funny thing about that is we buy a project without any definition of success, yet we scold, FUD, and crap on people because they didn't reach success that we didn't even define or actually outline. So do your own damn research, don't let others influence you, and ultimately look beyond some of the, the top layer things today. Tons of great projects, tons of great things that are out there. I hope you'll support our project 11-11-22. We'll be uh, minting out, the, you know, uh, setting up the auction for Mint 365. One of the cool things we did is I, I was waiting to go into the metaverse to have a reason to go into the metaverse, and so we created a spatial.io where you can actually walk and look at every single NFT I bought every single day. You walk through the entire metaverse, you have, you, know, you can click on them, see what they're all about, you can even see some of the, the, the good, the bad, and ugly. Some of them, you click on them, there's no OpenSea account, because let's face it, some of the projects disappeared. There's others that you didn't know were minted in November that are now household names. So check that out, it's my pinned tweet on Twitter, on my social fans, thank you guys very much. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365.